Welcome to Transformational Voices. This podcast series brings you wisdom, learning, and insights from the Association of Transformational Leaders, a heart-based community of those who spend their lives transforming lives, contributing to an enlightened world. I'm your host, Carol Talbot. In this episode, let me introduce you to Elena Peterson, a chiropractic doctor, initiator, and honorary president of Birth Forward, a Cyprus-based NGO working on improving the birthing culture in Cyprus. Eleni advocates the chiropractic philosophy that healing is an innate action that happens from within the body, and the body is a self-healing entity. She's also a published author of five books and is a founding member of BPW English Speaking Club, a registration committee member of the Cyprus Chiropractic Association, member of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, Scottish Chiropractic Association, the General Chiropractic Council UK and Cyprus, and also a member of the European Chiropractic Union. Welcome, Aline, to Transformational Voices. And I'm a big fan of chiropractic adjustments. Um, And if you think about this day and age when so many people have sedentary lifestyles or they're looking down at smart devices, then it's no wonder that chiropractors are very much needed in this day and age. Yet many people are confused about the difference between a chiropractor and osteopathy. Is there a difference? Well, there is a difference, but what I often find is that you could maybe find two people, one chiropractor, one osteopath that's more similar than another chiropractor and a chiropractor or osteopath and osteopath. So there is a big overlap in many, many areas. But structurally, it is divided into two different sections and it comes from the history um, because Still and Palmer, who were the two founders, Palmer of chiropractic and Still of osteopathy, were actually friends all the way back in the 1800s and um, they diverted into two different directions. Traditionally, we hear an explanation about the chiropractic being more uh, focused on the neurological aspects of uh, our neuromusculoskeletal system whereas osteopathy traditionally was focused a bit more on the vascular aspect of the vascular, uh, muscular and skeletal system. So there is a little bit of a, uh, an explanation from that angle. I think there are some differences in the educational processes as well. So there are uh, many osteopaths and chiropractors that are working very similar. Some of our techniques are very similar. And I would say rather see any of us than none of us. So I have many good friends as osteopaths and we overlap in so many areas um, but um, yeah there are there are some differences in different aspects in terms of how we operate how we think about the things we want to do so when we analyze the um, body we are looking for different uh, categories or different factors to help us and some again are overlapping so the uh, the other thing that's nice about the osteopathic background is that they have a big focus on the cranial aspects, which is not so much in the chiropractic. So that I actually learned from cranial osteopaths, and I integrated that in my chiropractic career. So as you can see, it's not a black and white answer to it. Um, but I think what's important to remember is, and, and I think I will speak for both professions, is that we do focus on people's health uh, and, and longevity. 
you know, staying healthy. And I can certainly speak from a chiropractic aspect and point of view on that, that our focus is to give the best possible opportunity for somebody to express health in the best possible way. So the basis of that is that the body is a self-healing mechanism, right? So yeah. even if you have a cut on your hand, you know, you're dependent on that self-healing mechanism because the body heals it itself, doesn't it? And this is a really, really important concept to keep in mind because if we remember that, then we can think, well, why is the body not healing itself? Why is it starting to collapse? Or why is it starting to create, you know, symptoms or issues? Uh, is it because it is not able to heal itself? Or is it because something is in the way for it to heal itself? So I often see myself as a person that look for the blockages in the way so the body can heal itself. So if that's a restriction in the spine, following sitting on the computer during COVID and having uh, you know hours and hours and hours in the wrong position, uh, then the posture is affected, then we have compression, then we have stress from just the situation we've been in, and it creates tension in the body. That tension then manifests as pain in the muscles. It could be also uh, restrictions, so we're not moving as well. And our posture might be more like this than sitting upright. So all those things together are manifestations of attention that comes from different regions, right? It's not just from the sitting, but it's also from the stress and the posture. And then we get restrictions in the spine that are affecting our health. So by us removing that restriction, basically removing the body load for the body to express itself better by being in a better posture, breathing better, the neurology works better, and therefore, your body is actually healing itself, right? So this is the big thing in chiropractic. It is the background of it all, is to give us the opportunity to be as healthy and as adaptable as we can. Because every day is going to have some sort of stress. It might be stresses from our mental stress. It might be physical stresses. It might be from what we're eating wrong thing. It could be from so many aspects. We had an injury or you know a car accident in the past that's catching up with us. So many, or maybe we have a stressful situation at work. So we're actually sitting in a position many hours a day and it's a repetitive stress. And it could be the opposite of it. Somebody that's a sports athlete or maybe a professional athlete and he or she is stressing the system because of their sports. All of that, you know, can put forces onto the body that is creating an issue and that is creating tension and pain. And what we want to do is release that tension and pain as chiropractors. Now, of course, there is my speciality is pediatrics and pregnancy. This is what I have focused in on the most. So you would wonder, well, what does babies have back pain? You know, why do like, babies come to see you? And um, there's many reasons for why they come to see me. But again, it's the same basis. There's effect that has been on their nervous system on, and on their spine from very often the birth or the position that the baby has been in during pregnancy. And that creates some difficulty for the body to express itself as it be, should be and to be relaxed. So the main thing for chiropractic and pediatrics is just to help babies to relax and to cry less through being more relaxed and to sleep better through being relaxed. So this is what we're all about. So that's just a sort of a segueing into a little bit my speciality, which is pediatrics and pregnancy chiropractic care. So did you get into this because you had challenges yourself 
in terms of um, your anatomy, your structure, or was it that you were one of those fans in biology class at school and just knew that you always wanted to, you know, really study the anatomy and structure of the body? No, actually, I was adjusted from a very young age uh, just because my father was very aware of what chiropractic was. So he used to drive us for like two hours to get to a chiropractor to get checked on a regular basis. And um, I did have a car accident so that I knew where to go because I had a pretty decent car accident at some point in my life. And um, that obviously reinforced it. But actually, I was between midwifery and chiropractic when I was to study. And I, at that time, midwifery was not so easy to do uh, privately in Norway. I'm from Norway and uh, the um, I didn't want to work in the medical system within those frameworks. I really wanted to be independent and work as an entrepreneur. And uh, that was, therefore, I actually chose chiropractic and because I knew I could work for myself and I could set up my own, uh, my own clinic and I could work with pregnancy as a chiropractor. So I decided to do it that way and to collaborate with the midwives and the uh, all the people that's in the birthing team, the pediatricians, the doulas, and everyone working with the physios, working with the pregnant mom and the newborn baby. So having specialized into that, now I work in a lot in a team, but we're all independently working, but we're working together with many children that are more severely affected and premature babies. So in Cyprus, this is one of the big work areas that I have right now is that I work with very primitive babies that are to help them to establish basic functions and uh, it's lovely because we are a team of physio speech therapists or um, speech therapists that deal, deals with swallowing and with um, uh, the physios and so forth so it's a lovely uh, a lovely team working with very specific cases. So it's a really holistic view of, of wellness and since you said you specialize in, in pediatrics, is that also the reason that uh, I know you're the honorary president of the Birth Forward NGO and that you also help uh, uh, people set up NGOs or organizations, NGOs set up? Yeah. So as a chiropractor, I came back to Cyprus here and I was uh, had been working with pregnancy and pediatrics before in the UK. And uh, then I was starting to observe a lot of my clients ended up with a cesarean and I couldn't really understand what's happening. Why are they ending up in cesareans? There wasn't really the normal indicators, you know, that uh, I was there. And I discovered that there was a very interesting birthing culture in Cyprus. And um, so I saw a gap in the society that like, why is this happening? There can't you know, possibly be medical reasons for so many cesareans. And as we started studying it more, I realized that it wasn't just a few, it's like 60% of births in Cyprus are actually um, augmented or with cesarean, which is about the highest in the world. So it was quite a decent uh, number to, to explore. And I started collaborating and working with many other people in the professional field and looking into it and saying, well, why is this like, what happened? Why, why do we have these numbers in Cyprus? And we decided to go deeper in and work together so we established a non-profit organization called Birth Forward. I took the initiative to it, but there was many founder members that had profound impact on the organization. And um, we are still working strong. Now I've stepped down as president, but I'm obviously the initiator and, and I'm an honorary president, but we'll continue to support the organization. But I've, the pillars of the organization is that we're working on education, support and advocacy, because advocacy was very important 
bliss staying in a country where there's no guidelines for birth um, established. So there is a bit of a gap in terms of what's being practiced and what's you know expected from a European point of view. So being a European country still, uh, we are trying to bring those European guidelines, you know, an awareness about those European guidelines to Cyprus so that we can see a better birthing practice that is more in line with the informed choice aspect. So it's really about being informed about what's needed for you and your baby in that process and not just the, um, you know, the outcome of it. So it is a really big part of my work. I'm very, very, very happy for working with this area. And I feel that it's a big need still, really big need still, both in Cyprus and in many other countries to take on um, this type of work. So I think one of the books I've uh, written, in, written myself, is, is, um, which is a free download, that one is called How to, Change, how to Create a Movement. So how, how can we create a change? How can we create a movement? And um, the society that we are here in Cyprus, obviously, this was a, a big uh, subject for me here. But I think we could find other subjects, you know, in the creation where you are. So in the collaboration with other people where you are. So whatever your subject is, something you're passionate about, you could, you know, create some change in the society. And that's why I was inspired to write that book and to also have co-written in many other books about that not just how to survive as a business during uh, COVID, but how to also be part of an NGO and bringing, you know, change and, and new aspects to a society that's in stress and in, in a stress situation like we were through COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about contributing to society. I think it's uh, important if you are a person that has passion and you know, I've just accepted that life is going to be busy and you love being busy and you love to contribute to the world, then, you know, let's get together and do that, you know, and create change that is sustainable and substantial because it's needed. We have too many dysfunctions in, the, in society and uh, it needs strong leaders to do something about it. And I'm speaking particularly to the chiropractors because we have a profound situation and profound position in society that we are working as independently in most places but we have a very good background, very good, you know, medical knowledge, and uh, we can collaborate with uh, with other organizations and with the government, like we do in Cyprus, and, and really make make a difference. So I think we should all take, you know, look at in our hearts what we are excited and passionate about, and try to contribute in those areas. So it's so much more, Alina, than than just a. A chiropractor, it's the whole wellness holistic view. You've got three successful uh, practices. You uh, are the honorary president of Birth Forward, this NGO, and the books you've written are very much focused on community leadership. And you also mentor people around leadership and or whether they want to set up an NGO. So tell us more about that mentoring aspect. Yeah, there's two things, actually. Actually, the, the biggest part of it is chiropractic mentoring. So I, I mentor other chiropractors, um, and that's more business-related. It's setting up a clinic the way you want. It's getting you know started when you are getting out. Um, so I do mentor some people just having graduated, and they um, usually work with me for some years and really can learn everything you know that's, that I've learned because I would like to give them an opportunity to start from hopefully where I am now and not having to do, you know, 18 years of experience on every aspect of, of, uh, 
or being a chiropractor or running a business or being you know a good community person but uh, sharing my experience and working very much with observational mentoring I think that is really powerful because people get to see and be and live in what you've done and therefore they can take what they want from that and pass it on and uh, bring it to life in their own way. So mentoring is an important thing for me. I think it's fantastic to share knowledge in whatever you can, either from your education, from your experience or from the network and the contacts you have. And those three pillars are very important pillars in mentoring in general. And uh, the uh, pay it forward, isn't it? It is pay it forward, exactly. So I've come to that place in my life, I suppose, that that has just manifested more or less by itself. But the uh, uh, the process of that's becoming more uh, um, organized through elinainspires.com, which is my uh, website for that, just set up and just evolving. And uh, I do have actually one of my people I mentor is in Uganda. And it's a wonderful lady that wants to set up a school for baking and for sewing. And she has a passion to reduce poverty for the women that are at the moment or coming from unemployment and being giving them empowerment to be able to sustain their own family. So it can be, you know, a really varied, the mentoring I do is very varied, you know, from being from a chiropractor to setting up to a clinic to a completely different setup and a school in, in Uganda. So it's a, it varies, of course, a lot of what I, what I deal with. But if people find me and I just go with the flow, it's, uh, it's been a really joyful process so far. And because um, it's just something extra that I do and therefore, you know, not so, uh, so pressured by having to be, uh, you know, a, a very... Um, how can you say big business model it's it's more for my passion that i do that and i mentor many people in different areas through through my passion that sounds absolutely wonderful and you know you've got birth forward and you pay it forward as well and it must be so rewarding as well to see you know newly certified chiropractitioners really you know uh, making a difference in in the wellness community not just there but also in other parts of the world so what would you say are some of the sort of highlights when you look back over your career and, and where you're moving, you know, this more holistic view uh, of wellness, um, particularly with, with children? I'm, I'm thinking that there must have been some really powerful moments when you've seen a child who maybe was in pain or, you know, not straight, even their whole body was crooked and to see them sort of open up be able to breathe more easily and and when your energy is flowing you know when all the channels are open what a difference that makes to life so do you have any sort of really beautiful experiences that you could share I'm sure you have many many but is there one or two that really stand out for you oh yeah I mean this is the most blissful thing in my life is to see that and actually today I I was working this morning and I saw clients this morning and I had a new baby and this little baby had had quite a traumatic birth and it was a bit of a difficult background there. But, you know, the mom and the, the grandma was there. And as I was working on the baby, the baby just, he, he was very tight and he'd been um, tightened up like this for a long time. And, uh, well, for three weeks, basically, the baby's only three weeks old. And it was a really tense, uh, tense baby, like struggled to breastfeed, struggled to coordinate, you know, his mouth and everything. And then, it just as I was working, it just unfolded, you know, the legs came out, the arms came out. It took this massive, big breath, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it was literally like it was taking his first breath. And 
that is a big thing I haven't mentioned to you yet, but I have a big project going, which is about the first breath, because I think that first breath of life is so intensely important for the rest of our life. And I would like to augment and be able to help babies to take that first breath, even if they can't do it at the time of being born, but that they can actually, you know, release that tension from the birth. And it's so nice, you know, it's so beautiful. And I have thousands of experiences like that over the many years I worked, literally thousands of experiences. And I think just seeing that moment, you can just see that that baby from going in the direction of tension, you know, switches to going in a direction of ease in their life. And you hear it from the mothers and fathers, how it made such a difference. I had another little one today as well. He came in for maybe his fourth visit. He was just locked. He had a typical pelvic subluxation or restriction of his pelvis. It was so typical. And uh, wouldn't manage to roll, wouldn't manage to get up and move and crawl. And he was nine months old. He still wasn't rolling. And uh, he was, uh, it was so interesting because, you know, we, we, after the first adjustment, the mother was like, I cannot believe this in the child. He just went off, crawled and stood up and cruised around the furniture from not being able to roll. And it was extraordinary. And uh, I'm sure we're going to hear from her again because she's absolutely over the moon with that. So, yes, it is fantastic. I could tell you so many stories about that. And I think it's so important. And that's why I believe like every birthing team should have a chiropractor available to help if there was any trauma. But even if there's not, you know, a traumatic birth, it can still be quite, it's an intense experience. You know, it's not like an easy thing to go through in your life. So I think it is very important to have it as good as you can, you know, the best possible experience, to be born in the best possible way with the least possible stress and trauma so that you can start your life with the best possible breath and the best possible, you know, opening to life. So this is what I really want to, you know, promote more than anything. And I think over the next 10 years, I will be working more with that. Also, not just in my own practice, but uh, which I've done all every all the time but i am collaborating now with people around the globe including the laszlo institute and um of and a few other you know with yourselves and as well you know many connections that are being made at the moment where i want to discuss the first breath breath and see how we can bring the knowledge of that to our practices how we practice when the time of birth is there and to see how the effect of that is on society because if we made a better effort, you know, or there was a good effort to having an easy and a relaxed birth, what is the effect of that? So I have many questions. What is the effect of that in society? What is the effect of that on our economy? What economy? What's our effect of that on chronic health? We know through the ACE studies, the adverse childhood event studies, that there, are, you know, there's a profound effect of any type of trauma in the early years of life. So what about the first, very first, you know, moment of life that you take your first breath? According to Michel Odent, at least, and his primary research database, he really dives into that and talks about the very most profound moment for our health, physical and mental well-being for life is the moment of birth. So why? You know, like what is happening there and why is it so important that we get that first breath uh, or that that birthing process is as optimal as it can be? So this is a huge passion for me to deal with that aspect long-winded answer but i you know i can't no, stop and it starts with education because you know many people would not think about taking their young baby to a chiropractor um they wouldn't think that an adjustment is necessary 
And, you know, even when people have back pain or other things going on, it's not their first port of call. And I'm very blessed. One of my very good friends is a chiropractor and I go regularly to be adjusted. And it does wonders in terms of opening up your energy, how you feel, your emotions. So I can imagine what it's like for a baby or a young child, you know, to, and that beautiful story of, of the child couldn't even crawl or move properly. And then, you know, nine months old, and it's like moving around the furniture just after one adjustment. That must be so joyful, not just for you, so rewarding. But can you imagine the parents, how wonderful they must feel? The gift of, you know, movement and exploration to a young baby. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, obviously, you have to deal with the stress of them feeling guilty for not having brought them earlier. That is, you know, the one thing I hear all the time. I wish I knew earlier and I, I wish they knew earlier. But OK, let's start where we can and get start, you know, get. But it's it is such a it's such a beautiful and such an important thing. And I think and it's just down to mechanics. This is what's so interesting is neurology and mechanics, you know. There is no woo-woo around here at all. I mean, it's very, very clear that this is about, you know, releasing stress on the system that is our basis, which is basis of chiropractic. You know, it is, it is so, and I'm really loving that, um, you know, that the analogy of, of, of that, or, or the analogy, the, the concept around the first breath, because I think that this explains something about how everybody feels when they get adjusted. You know, it's like you can take the first breath again often after your adjustment, isn't it? You've probably experienced that yourself. You get adjusted and it's like, oh, you know, the body just kind of resets and gets yourself into a better tone and you feel less stressed and you feel you can cope better with your life just from, you know, every, you know, adjustment you have. And, Truly the breath know, of life. <laughs> exactly. It is very, very true. And, you know, I work a lot with breath workers talking about that because I think the breath work is really important and we we force a lot of tension into our breath uh, with the stress and anxiety. So I work a lot with breath workers, psych psychotherapists, you know, especially when there are substances abuse and stuff like that involved, you know, then we need to collaborate. I'm, I collaborate a lot. I do a lot of multidisciplinary work where we are several practitioners uh, working together with clients. And I think that's very nice to remember as well, that this is not one kind of thing that, you know, it's going to heal everything. It's, you know, we're a piece of a puzzle where everybody's health comes first and whatever that person needs, you know, and for that person to be informed about their health and informed about their options so that they can choose the best healthcare for themselves. So informed choices is also a very passionate subject for me. So your website is um, Aline Inspires. Is that right? Aleneinspires.com? Yes, alinainspires.com is a very basic website just if you wanted to get the free download of the, the book. Um, and then there is um, yeah, an option there if you want to have a, a discovery call for coaching or mentoring and so forth. And uh, there is an option there for that. Well, your website may be Alina Inspires and you certainly do. Thank you for bringing your energy and your inspiration to this call. Thank you so much for being on Transformational Voices. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Carol. I really enjoy speaking to you. It's always nice to have a conversation about this subject. And as you know, it's hard to keep me to keep me shut, shut me up because I love it so much what we do. And I think it is just needs to be spread the word. The more we can help people, the better it gets. So thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. 
We're delighted to be sharing transformational voices with you and opening the door to new perspectives. For more inspiration, check out the link on our website at atl-europe.com where you'll also find the book Transformation Lessons. If you've enjoyed this episode, then help us reach and transform even more lives with a share, like or a view. And remember, together we rise.